Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. If you want to learn useful, practical how-tos of weight loss, exercise science, nutrition, or just how to optimize your time in the gym and life, this show is for you. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Project Fitness Podcast. Today I'm super excited because I have someone on the show who has been into my life, my world from a different level for many, many years. We are sitting down with a global fitness ambassador. There's a difference between a global fitness ambassador and a fitness ambassador. She's not promoting a supplement product. She does so much more and has done so much for almost up to four decades within the fitness industry. So when we talk experience, we have to talk Mo Hagen, top 100 health influencers in the world, the COO of CanFit Pro. Mo, welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast. Well, thank you. It's so great to be with you, Chris. I appreciate the invitation. Having people like you on here is exciting for me because every now and then you sit back and you think of what you could do. How could you help? What could you have done differently? Someone's already been there. Someone has already done what you want to do and someone is doing what you want to do as well. And that's where you come into this world of fitness. When I started out as a trainer, knowing nothing, I remember going to my first CanFit Pro show and, and, and you, you ran us through one of these fitness classes. And I was a bit of a rookie. I'd only done a couple of the fitness classes prior. It was an early morning session and you brought the energy. I mean, the conference been going on for three or four days. Everyone was a little bit low. You got up on stage and you rocked the crowd. And I, I, I remember I felt like it was like a concert, you know, just that energy. And that was my first, my first time ever seeing you, hearing you and, and seeing what you did. And then I learned afterwards about your major influence on the industry at that time. And then I've been lucky enough to be along the journey, you know, in the last 15 years. Um, y- yesterday was actually my 13th year um, with Good Life Fitness. Um, wow, that was my, my anniversary and my, my 15th year as a personal trainer, um, when I got certified with CamFit Pro, you know, 15 years ago, but I, I've told people my story. I'm really interested in everybody's story of how they get into the industry. So would you mind starting off by just, you know, how did you get into the fitness industry? Well, it's always a fabulous way to start the journey. And I have to, first of all, say, I'm so blessed that your first impression of your experience uh, at CanFit Pro is that positive. And, and to be an early morning workout to boot, that is like, that is a golden nugget. So thank you for sharing your story. My start in the fitness industry really came as an experience in high school, being sidelined from many of the sports teams that I tried out for. And it was in high school, I was so blessed. And that's why I'm you know, I have great mentors as teachers and my phys ed teacher, Miss Armstrong, who I speak about still today, uh, was one who inspired me that it wasn't about making the team. It was about achieving my personal achievements. And that was finding what made me the best I could be. And it was through moving my body, having goals around becoming more physically fit and you know, stronger so that I could achieve my goals, whether it was to make a team, but indirectly, it inspired me to find fitness as a way to meet those other aspirations. And really to make it, to make high school teams, it wasn't about the sport. I was not a natural athlete. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be part of a community. I wanted to be in with the in group that would, you know, they always say surround yourself by those who lift you up. I wanted to be with those people that I looked up to in school, and they all happened to be athletes. I had this natural attraction to people who moved their bodies, that honored their bodies to become the best that they could be. So in the process of, you know, working towards sports goals, I found fitness initially. And through great mentors, I was inspired to actually teach others fitness. Now, when I graduated from high school in 1980, there were no careers in the fitness industry. You're the fountain of youth, by the way. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And my guidance counselor said there is no career that is called a fitness professional. And 
I can't say he said settle for less, but that's how I interpreted it. And not that there was anything wrong with becoming a phys ed teacher, but I wanted to travel the world and teach and influence more people to move their body and to experience the joy and the feelings of success, achieving fitness goals, or even just to enjoy movement, because we all know, well, we as fitness professionals know how much better you can feel and how much better it makes you as an individual and as a leader. So really, it, it, I was inspired by phys ed, which I can't say too many people um, have made careers out of their positive experience in phys ed class. And from being, you know, cut from most sports teams they tried out for, but that was my introduction to fitness. And as much as I also had a dream of being a physiotherapist, I actually, you know, determined for myself, I wasn't smart enough to get into physiotherapy school. And that is because I had a very young introduction to rehab as a young child who needed rehabilitation. I was a little bit of a late walker. So I had rehab very early in life. And I loved physiotherapists because they got to help people move their bodies. So I always had this attraction for that. So long story short, I did get into physiotherapy school, but I sidelined my career in physio teaching fitness classes part-time. So the passion of being a fitness instructor has remained with me since my 20s. And, you know, I've been teaching fitness all through my careers, both as a physio and uh, as an executive leader, both at Good Life Fitness and Camp Fit Pro. So it's just been part of my entire life. I've been moving and helping others move for, well, I would say 50 of my 59 years. That's a really compelling story. Most people who get into fitness, you know, they, they work as an instructor or teacher or coach, you know, it's a bit of a pool of neurosis and psychosis, I always say, but they would have grown through, they were always good at sports. They were always mm -hmm. the natural leader. So it made sense. You know, they always had the abs made sense to go into, you know, something like that, but you came from a different background and, and, and I think there's a lot of other people out there who, who could do the same thing, have done the same thing, but fitness does not always have to be for just what you see on the outside that you can work in fitness in so many different ways. So you started teaching and continued to teach, but you've done a lot of different roles since then. CanFit Pro, okay, from my understanding, is the largest governing body in Canada that we have for fitness professionals. Um, what is your role there? And how did that even come to be? How did that ever come to be? Well, CanFit Pro itself started as a little tiny project off the side of my desk, working at Good Life. Back in those earlier days, 1993, you know, we had been running small fitness education events at Good Life, because as those who know David Patch 11, fondly known as Patch, they know that he's an educator by heart. He always looks to level people up to be the best at their, whether it's at a sport, like he himself being an Olympic athlete, always training, always learning, always excelling. He really believed that those who were passionate enough to keep learning and growing and evolving with the trends would be successful. And that's what he needed. So that's the key is it started as a side project coming away from a conference. He came home from Ursa and said in March, 1993, oh, by the way, I bought this conference. And I said, why are you telling me? And he said, because you're going to run it. And that's how it started. It started with no business plan, no real, it didn't start with a vision so much for CanFit Pro. In fact, it wasn't even called CanFit Pro in the beginning days. It was called Body Life, which was the trademark to the conference magazine and trade show that he bought the exclusive rights for in North America. And he used it as a vehicle to educate fitness instructors and personal trainers, which was just starting to be actually formulated in the early 90s, there were a few personal trainers back then, and they were typically personal trainers to the stars. And those celebrities that had the money to access trainers one-on-one. -on -one. So we started the conference because he also had a vision for his own company, Good Life. And he said to me quite clearly, Mo, I can foresee that we are going to have 100 clubs. And he said a year, and then he said, well, no, faster than that, because we're going to shape more trainers. That was the one thing holding back the entire industry from growing. 
it wasn't the consumers not looking for fitness. It was the lack of instructors and trainers. He said, if we can make the Canadian industry better, faster, not only will our company succeed, but the whole industry will become better. And of course, I was compelled by that why to build it as a small project. And one of the most pivotal decisions that we made at that time was to reach out and connect with those that had the expertise. And he said to me that day, when I said, we're going to do this by when? He said, don't worry about the detail, Mo. You know, visionaries, entrepreneurs, they don't worry about the detail. <laughs> they hire those who do. Yep. But he said, don't worry. There is going to be a guy, Darren Dietrich, that's going to call you. He runs Body Life in Europe. He's going to help you. You're going to help him. And we're going to do this together. And that's why I share that because not only did Darren give me the help that we we're needing, and the help was in form of talent. And this is what's made Canfit Pro the largest education conference experience in the world, as well as a trade show and organization today. But we were able to access the world's best trainers that were Europeans and internationals that would come to Darren's conference in Germany. And I would travel there every year to present for Darren. He would present for us. He's part of the CanFit Pro family. And that allowed us to bring talent in that inspired Canadian fitness professionals and those who weren't professionals yet to come and be educated by the best in the world. And those relationships have helped us really um, access the best talent to really market our event as the place to come, not only for Canadian fit pros, but for global fitness professionals who have joined us. And certainly over the last year and a half, we now attract countries from all over the world because one thing is so true when you travel outside of Canada and you speak to fitness presenters, they all say the same thing. Canadian fit pros love education. Mm -hmm. They love to learn we love to present to Campit Pro. And so that's why it's become as big as it is because Canadian fitness professionals are hungry for learning and they're open-minded. And that's not always the case in some countries. So the combination of that is just like, you know, the trifecta of success that has allowed us to grow. My roles started as education director. I'm still very involved in education curriculum, as you know, having emailed you middle of the night to confirm your speaking availability, but it is something that is near and dear to my heart. So as much as I oversee an incredible leadership team as chief operating officer, really my role is to bring opportunities to Campit Pro, whether it's at the conference level or at the leadership level, at the member experience level or at the marketing level. And it's a, it's a, it's a, I guess I could say, a plethora of interests that keeps me um, excited every day. And I can't say I've had a boring day <laughs> in the last 15 months due to many of the things we've had to change quickly and pivot mm -hmm. on. But um, it certainly is an exciting multidisciplinary role. And that's what I've always loved um, about working in the fitness industry as well. There's so many different things that we can be doing. I always say the fitness industry is for those people who, who, who don't like to focus or can't focus. You know, if they're like, oh, I, I don't like sitting in the classroom. I always need to be doing different things. In the fitness industry, you can have 10 different jobs. If you're a trainer and you work with 10 people in one day, that could be 10 different scenarios. Someone Absolutely. like someone like yourself. I mean, I remember seeing you at, uh, you, you must burn over, over the week at Canfit Pro. You must burn in the hundreds of thousands of calories doing the presentations. You're always running from, from spot to spot, top for a quick, quick little photo over to a presentation. You're on the bike, you're doing a class, like you're all over the place. And I remember my, my first time going to Canfit Pro, I remember seeing how, how large it was and I underestimated it. I had muscle soreness after the conference and, you know, people who, who do all the classes, yeah, I did like three classes this day, two classes this way. I was dancing all night. I was sore. I was sore from walking because of how massive, massive that convention center is. You know, you're at, you're at one seminar here. You got 10 minutes to get to the other one. You got to, you got to book it. You got to do 800 meters to get to the next one or a kilometer sometimes, but my legs were sore after just walking. So a fun joke that I make with my, my coworkers and trainer friends, I say, you getting in shape. Like you got to be in walking shape before you go to Canfit Pro. 
because of how large this conference is. You mentioned how large it was. How was it when you started, like that first year you did it compared to now? Like where are the numbers, you know, pre, pre-COVID, like where, where are the numbers now for this conference? Well, that is a bit of a funny story. Our first year of CampFit Pro, and it was called Body Life, was held here in London, Ontario, where I live. And we actually had more presenters than we did delegates. <laughs> and we're talking a hundred, we had 135 or 145 presenters back in 1993. Oh. We invited, I called it the FOPs, the Friends of Patch and the Friends of Mo. And back in those days, our colleagues in the industry, Patch's business circles, my circle of friends, they all wanted to be part of this Canadian inaugural event. So they just would say yes. And of course, many of them, they would support us to get this off the ground. So we had, you know, we didn't even have a budget, but people wanted to be there. And that was the first year. I'm not kidding you. We, as much as we had probably as many volunteers as we did paid delegates. So you're talking between presenters and delegates. We probably had 200, 300, 250, 300 people in total. And then of course, before COVID, we're talking, we'd have 5,000 paid fitness professionals. We'd have another 2,500 made up of um, consumers that actually purchased tickets. Then we'd have 500 volunteers, 200 presenters. So you add all that up and then the walk-in to the trade show, you're talking 10,000 plus attendees at CampFit Pro in Toronto in August. It's a monster. And yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, last year we had 28 750 people that participated in a online event. It was live online. So of course it was live sessions. You can be in those meetings. And Chris, I know you were there and you were part of the presenting team and it was amazing to see the chat boxes explode with commentary around. I feel like Chris is talking just to me and they were emotionally moved by the connection and that was the theme which quite honestly you could write the theme but it was lived by those who participated the power of connection was at an all-time high because everybody was desiring connection and they just wanted to be there mm -hmm. partly to see how we could pull off pivoting a conference that was live to something online called virtual um, this year I cannot believe that I'm saying to you that we're online again, because how many of us imagine, you know, it feels like Groundhog Day for this event. Mm -hmm. However, we're confident and excited because now we are far more educated around technology. And this is the one thing I was going to say, because I know you're going to ask me about what the future holds. Um, as fitness professionals, technology was not always our thing. I mean, as an instructor, if someone said I have to fix the mic, I'd freak out. Now, uh, mic, oh well. Now I can manage Zoom, all its features, my mic, my headset, the room, the lights. I mean, we've learned so much. But at the same time, the fitness industry professionals, the club owners and operators have also learned how to expand their business. And technology will definitely be with us here to stay. So that's the one thing that, you know, really has allowed CampFit Pro to continue to bring education until we're back together live in person, which fingers crossed may be sooner than 2022. Well, my fingers are crossed. My toes are crossed. Everything's crossed. Um, when, when these problems come up, you always see evolution. Okay. Things evolve from it. Uh, so, I mean, from a disability, someone with a disability, all of a sudden now, you know, Braille existed. Seatbelts weren't around all the time until there was a problem. So the fact that, you know, round one. And, and and I remember last year, it was kind of like a reality show with the virtual conference, because you didn't know what would happen. You know, I, I got little kids and I'm just like, okay, you're not in this room for the next 90 minutes. <laughs> you know, you know, here's a snack, here's 10 DVDs, like, just go do your thing. Just don't come in here. Right. But it was a bit of a reality show and it, it hit off pretty well. But the beauty of a problem like that is that we do evolve. Technology does get better and it makes everyone better too. Right. It makes everyone better. I've got oh, friends. Yeah. I got friends who said they didn't want to go last year because they're, they said, I don't want to do something online. And, and, and they're like, this year I'm going to go because they feel like they missed out last year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They did. There was a lot of FOMO around creating history. Mm -hmm. And those who didn't think that this was something last year, 
they now know that this is just here to stay. And, you know, meanwhile, there are people around the world that never had the opportunities. That's the other thing I believe COVID has blessed us with is understanding and realizing what we have, how blessed and privileged we are to have these conferences within our, you know, two hour drive, four hour drive, a plane, you know, flight away. But there's so many people around the world that while they could travel, they don't have the financial means to get the education in person. And now with online, they're able to connect. We have watched professionals grow all over the world because now our training and our education events are global, online and available, accessible and affordable because you don't have to travel and pay for a hotel and or parking flights, et cetera. So I can definitely say to you, Chris, that what we had to do in six weeks last year, oh, I can't, I don't know the word to describe how we got through that, but we got through it because we had a why, our purpose was clear, and we had to show up for all our members, and we had to lead by example, and we had to inspire, and whether it was through fear of missing out and they needed to be there or showing others the way, you know, it was so rewarding, and I don't have a single regret for the compromises made by the company, um, our manpower, our people, myself, because it, the rewards are still showing through today. And I'm very excited about this year because everything we learned last year, we're now able to leverage to make this year's online 2021 event even more spectacular. And I happen to know what we're doing. So I can say that with <laughs> All due respect. <laughs> I was blown away that it, that it went the way it did because I've been involved with Zoom since COVID hit. You know, Zoom and uh, Microsoft Teams with all these different th- different things that I've been doing as well. And, you know, the running joke is, you know, if, if there's not a frozen screen, if there's not a sign-in issue, if there's not an issue, then it, you're not on track because you need to have a problem to go. But I remember last year when it ran, it was, it was so smooth. Do you think in the future, now that we have access to this technology, when you're getting presenters from different parts of the world coming on, do you think when we're allowed to go back into live, have a live conference, you would still offer a, a virtual component of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hybrid events hybrid events, so where we will be live in person, but however, offering streams of um, immersive or interactive so people can stream in and watch virtually, that will remain. We don't know quite how that will look, Mm -hmm. but we certainly know that it will be because now we have a global audience who are our members and that we want to serve. And it just makes it convenient for those that may have other events going on on the weekend. I mean, I remember hearing oh, but I have a family engagement or I'm on holidays or I have a wedding to go to. Now they can go, well, I can still go to my wedding, be at the cottage camps for those who don't know what a cottage is and or you know, do what my other obligations for work and otherwise and still come and join us. So it will definitely be a hybrid of sorts for all our events. We still will offer 100% online for those smaller events more specialized that we, we know, you know, we'll attract 300, we won't attract 3000 and it would make more sense to run them online. We'll continue to do that as well. Mm -hmm. I can say that for the fitness industry as a whole, if we come out of, when we come out of COVID and we reopen the clubs and our studios, if we don't remain offering online or hybrid opportunities, whether it's to train with your trainer or to experience a fitness class when you can't get to the gym because of weather, kids, school, et cetera, we would be amiss to grow our businesses if we don't use what we've learned and continue to leverage it to serve our members, our clients, and the industry as a whole. My Mm -hmm. sister, my twin sister, who never wanted to come to Good Life Fitness, you know, one of our benefits of being a Good Life Associate is we get to gift a membership mm-hmm. or two a year. Even if I gave her a membership, she wouldn't come. I'm not in shape enough. I don't have the right clothes to wear. I'm introverted. I'm afraid. I think I'll just do my own thing. And I would kind of laugh at her and say, well, you don't even know how to do your own thing. Well, guess what? She is now a committed exerciser, exercises every day with Good Life's Les Mills On Demand, bought herself a spin bike, does weight training in the comfort and safety and 
you know, personality of her own home with her own online community and loves it. That's so amazing. I I always said that, you know, in the fitness industry, we're the closest things to superheroes. We don't have superpowers, but we can empower other people to live longer. If you just exercise, you live longer. I mean, that's a fact, but you got to get someone to exercise. And uh, if you are in the fitness industry, you know that the hardest people to get to train and exercise are your family. Oh gosh. It's always, you know, if they've seen you naked and changed your diaper, like good chance, they're not going to listen to you. Right. So the fact that, you know, I'm hearing that from your sister, that, that that's I've nice never heard me. it quite that way before, Chris, but <laughs> that is very, so true. <laughs> um, you, you addressed the topic of continuing on with virtual as well live. And I think that's a whole different audience now. You know, I've talked to students since this whole thing has happened and they've been enrolling in different online courses. And they said, I've done more education in the last year than ever. And I said, oh, okay, is that because you're not working and you're home bored? They're like, no, I, I get a little anxiety sometimes when I go into live classes. And sometimes I'm, I'm so overwhelmed by the anxiety that I can't learn the information. But now when there's virtual offerings, I can obtain way more information. So I think it just addresses a, a very niche market that you know, was there before, but no one really thought of it until mm-hmm. a problem occurred and then it had to be right in their face. So that's Absolutely. awesome that that's, that's happening. You mentioned, you hit all these different points here about leadership. So we had to make this happen. We were here for our members. You know, we had a vision, we had our why, we had our purpose. You are the leader of leaders in the fitness industry, especially in women who influence your your baby, your project. You've always been such a strong, a strong head with, with females in the fitness industry. Could you talk about your women who influence baby, you know, where that kind of came from? How did you start it? Or why did you start it? Mm. Women Who Influence started as an idea that I discussed with my friends and my colleagues at CampFit Pro five years prior to the beginning of it and is now in its eighth year, although it's the seventh annual because we missed last year as a formal event. Uh, It started with really an opportunity to pave the path forward for women because I felt the responsibility with power comes great responsibility right? A superhero quote, Spider-Man. And I felt now in my almost fourth decade, the responsibility and honor to help celebrate the women who have helped not only me, but helped my colleagues rise up, stand in the space of their own greatness and uniqueness, speak out and find their voice and their confidence to lead and not lead necessarily where they're at, but to level up and take that next step forward. And we know the stats around women in leadership roles. They are, you know, when it comes to levels within the organization, women dominate in the fitness industry. But when it comes to this, you know, C-suite, the chiefs, operators, et cetera, women do not step into those positions for many reasons. However, I felt that if we had a platform for women to share their stories and to share not only their successes, but struggles and really celebrate them, that it would give inspiration and even more powerfully influence to those who are on the edge, on the edge of greatness, but just needed, you know, their a hand held out to, as they would say, and I was, you see this often, and I use this analogy It was brought to my attention. You know, when you go stand in a lineup to get into the nightclub and there's that stand in line and then the VIPs get into the other line. I was never in that line. I was always in the original line, not the VIP line, but I know what you're talking about. And you saw the red ropes, like the special lineup. Mm -hmm. Well, women are great for when they get into that VIP line. They don't just get in for themselves. They, what do they do? It's like Carrie in Sex in the City. They lift the rope and get their girlfriends in. Mm -hmm. So the point there is, Women love to lift other women up, although there is that also uh, research to show women can cut each other down. But for the most part, especially in the fitness industry, women will help support others. And I wanted to do that. And I wanted to give a platform and a, a safe space and environment and experience for women to come together to celebrate and to be celebrated And that started as an idea that I was told for five years, no, you can't, you shouldn't. And I was even told that if you are going to do this, you're on your own, meaning we're not going to market it. You're on your own. And I 
got a kick in the tush from my call, my very good friend in the industry, Helen Vanderberg. And we are in England presenting together, doing our typical post-event, hang out in London, shop and drink wine and see a show. And she said, stop talking about it, Mo, and just do it. And I went home from that event in September. And I said to my colleagues, I'm doing this. We're doing this. And that was eight years ago. And we've never looked back. And it's become the biggest. And I wouldn't, I'm not bragging because it's just the number of women. But prior to COVID, we had 325 women in one room for an entire day. And it was the most epic event that has led to transformations and promotions and career changes. And why discoveries, marriage rescues, and a few changes in, in situations as a result of finding their power. And I'm so proud of the event. And even though we are online this year, we, I thought we'll wait until we can come back together. We can't wait. So we're doing the seventh annual Women Who Influence. It's a leadership, leader selfship day on Thursday, August the 12th. And it is going to be a unique event of its own. And I'm so proud of those that we're bringing into this event as speakers. And the delegates that have signed up already, Chris, they're from outside of Canada. That's awesome. Which is amazing that we've attracted countries from New Zealand and Australia and Scotland, Europe to come to this event because they've heard about it and they want to be part of this movement. Mm -hmm. So I'm very passionate about it. It's also something that we're inviting everyone to. This is a conversation for everyone. And I absolutely welcome men to attend, family members, friends. Everyone is welcome to the conversation and to the experience. Um, even though it is called Women Who Influence. I went to register this morning. I got the email this morning. And it's like, and I, I was doing my registration. And then, and then it's like, enter your, what, and I said, wait a minute, I think, I think I get it. I think I get a free registration. I'm presenting. So I might, <laughs> anyway, long story short, I, I had a few emails, but I will be there um, um, yeah. virtually in person. Um, well, great. And I can't wait and for that. And that's smart, Chris, because, you know, in your business, I mean, you surround yourself with incredible women as well. And, you know, to connect and understand, you know, what they go through and their needs, especially around professional and personal development is only going to grant you greater strength in your ability to influence yourself. So you see, you see the big picture, you understand the need to participate and it's our moment. It's our moment. It's not just her moment or his moment. It's our moment. And that is our theme this year. It's our moment to come together, to continue what we started and to move this industry forward into its recovery and its resurrection and its reimagination because the future is going to look very different and we need all people, all persons to really come into this environment feeling more inclusive and to really um, contribute. That's really going to be important. Mm -hmm. I, I work with a lot of women, as, as you just mentioned. My wife's a feminist, pretty much makes me a feminist as well at the same time. And we talked a long time ago. I remember being at conferences. And um, in the beginning, sometimes we would look around, we would see the stereotypical presenters, right? If, if, you, if you got a lot of muscles, you're talking about strength and you're, you're male, right? And then the females used to always talk nutrition. It was mm -hmm. almost, or, or um, um, group fitness exercise yeah. classes. That was like the divide and the split. And, and I remember she said to me, she's like, well, why isn't there any women talk about this? I said, I don't know. I have no mm -hmm. idea. I mean, women lift weights, men lift weights. There should be no difference, but there was none of that. There's much more of that now. What were the barriers to stop women from going into that role? Or, or do you think are you going into, as you mentioned before, certain leadership roles? What are some of those big barriers that women are overcoming or have to overcome? Lack of uh, self-confidence. The biggest question I would get is why aren't women, why don't you have more women keynote speakers? Why are there not women speaking on powerlifting or strength? Like you said, why are you know, da, 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 why are there more females? Why aren't there more male instructors teaching fitness classes? And my answer was always the same because they don't step up. They don't step in. They don't put themselves forward. Why? Well, 
They don't believe that they belong or that they will be recognized. They will be selected. And I used to say, you know, and then I realized, Chris, it was like with this whole movement around diversity, inclusion, and equality that really fired up last year, right? Black Lives Matter. It really, I understood it. I've been blessed with dear friends, um, you know, in my um, community of, of um, Empowered in My Skin with Julie Black and Inkichi Wafar Robinson, who have invited me into their conversations to understand the gap, um, especially, you know, with um, race. And, you know, I realized I can't wait for women to put in their, reg their applications to present powerlifting or, or women to, you know, tell us they want to be a keynote speaker. We had to not sit back. We had to step up ourselves as an education organization and reach out and find the talent to bring more, you know, diversity into the conversation. So I say to your viewers and listeners that if this is a desire, then don't wait to be invited, but put yourself forward. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? That you don't, nothing changes. But I guarantee you by putting yourself forward, there's a chance that there'll be that conversation, the recognition. And even if you're not selected to present, we all get turned down. I get turned down every year from a conference because it's just the fit for that timing. But it gives you the confidence to keep going after it. And you might just build a relationship through that letter that says, sorry, however, I'd love to connect with you on something else. You are a great writer. Would you like to write for it? So please put yourself forward. And that's also why Women Who Influence has been such a joy and um, such a vehicle because it's just given women permission to say for themselves, I'm worthy of putting myself forward. So that's the biggest roadblock. And then the other roadblocks would be, you know, um, again, timing. There's, it's not no, it's just not now. There is so much changing so quickly. I mean, quicker than ever before. So even if it's not something that you stepped into, like, oh, I forgot to apply or, oh, I should have put that article in, do it next time because next time isn't a year away. It's like a month away. And what was a month away is now a week away. We need more people contributing because more is needed in order to move us forward and to help more people. And there's still not enough fitness professionals. There's not enough talent still but I am so blessed to have found a lot of new talent today. Um, people ask me, how do I find all this talent? It's because I go to places to find the talent. Mm -hmm. I remember and going year, to places. Yeah. We used to go this to places. Year, yeah. <laughs> and now this year I went to Singapore. Guess what? In the comfort of my own living room at two o'clock in the morning. But I got to go to the conference I've wanted to go to for a long time. And mm -hmm. it didn't take a week of travel and jet lag I got to do it remotely which you know not quite the same than visiting the city itself but the point is get yourself out there to meet fellow leaders and the presenters that you can then also um, it be inspired by and, and have as your mentors that's how I got to be a presenter by following the mentors that I really admired and learning from them mm -hmm. success leaves clues so if someone's doing something right you know, it's not a bad idea to follow what they're doing. And what right. I'm what I'm hearing from you is that you know, one of the major roadblocks is people are not putting themselves out there. They're not asking, they're not applying, they're not trying. It sounds like, you know, you can't win the lotto if you don't buy a ticket. You, you gotta buy you gotta buy that ticket. Gotta buy the ticket. Over the years, I've had the privilege of training usually new personal trainers who come into the company and um, you know, a lot of females too. And sometimes I'll say things like, you know, to advance, you need to do these, these metrics, you need to get this skill, you need to develop um, yourself personally. And they'll always say to me, they're like, well, what if I have kids? What if I have kids? What if I have kids? And you know, it doesn't mean the same because I always come back and like, well, I have kids. Oh, that's my cat. And I'm like, oh, well, oh I, I love have <laughs> I'm like, well, I have kids, but and I understand it's a different role. But for someone who says to you, like, I want to be a leader in the industry, but I want to have a family. I know you've heard that question before. How do you answer that? You can. Am I going to say it's easy? No. Can I relate? Yes and no. 
I have stepkids. And when I was in, you know, working and traveling all over, you know, they were six and 13. And of course, they've now grown up to be incredibly amazing humans and adults, but it's a juggling act, but it's like mm-hmm. life in general. It's not, you can't, there's no balance. There's no perfect scenario. All I can say is find the career that works for the life that you desire. Mm-hmm. I also believe that as a female wanting kids to be a fitness professional is a model that we need help mm-hmm. to duplicate, right? So we need to, you know, make, figure out how to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it can, it is possible. Um, it's not easy, but it does mean having courageous conversations with your supervisor or your boss to t- let them know your why and how you can make it a success for you. Because if you can show your supervisor how you will be the most successful in this role and what that might look like, you might be surprised that they simply say, you need to work a different shift to make full-time. My job is to help you be successful by working full-time as a trainer, which Mm -hmm. is how many hours of direct client time. They just might say yes. Or seek the environment that's going to allow you to be uh, the mom that you want to be and to be that fitness professional that you desire. There is a way to do it. It is a rhythm and you will find your balance. You just have to be prepared perhaps to walk a path that is not traditional and is not what everyone else is doing. So as I say, to fit in, you sometimes can't fit in. You have to be brave enough to find your own path forward. There is the path. There is multiple ways that we can be successful in the fitness industry. Another blessing out of COVID is that we have found ways now to build a business where you don't necessarily need to be in the club to serve all your clients 100% of those full-time hours. I, I have a client who's, sorry, I have a client who's been with a, a member, uh, who's been with me for about five or six years. Her plan was always to retire at a certain age seller company her and her husband were going to go to the small island called Bonaire it's got the best the best scuba diving in the world they go once a year but they, they they're building a house they're going to move there so COVID hits guess what she says she goes hey like we're still planning on going to move there in about another uh, 18 months I said okay because we've been doing virtual training ever since she's like can you still train me when I'm there virtually I said of course this is going to be this is going to be the future so if you, if you are a mom at home, you know, I think you can still, you'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And you already, you said, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said you search for the talent. You would go to places to find the best talent. I think it's safe to say if you're a trainer, male or female, you can't ignore talent. So if you've been a trainer, you've got your skill set, you've got your roster, you've got your clientele, and you're, you're a transformational force in someone's life. If you're going to step away and have a family, okay, there's a need for you to come back under whatever parameters you want to make them because you have that skill set that people won't be like, ah, I'll wait or I'll pass. They'll be like, okay, I'm on the waiting list. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And it's more true today than ever before. Another blessing. I mean, you've seen it, Chris, right? When COVID hit, you know, we're kind of like flamingos. We put our heads in the sand and went, okay, three weeks, we can do this. And we waited. Mm -hmm. And then three weeks became three months. And if you didn't take action the first three months or the first, you know, whatever days, it got harder and harder to take action. But those who did realized, you know what, there's many different ways that I can participate. And we found all these new business opportunities because of the fact that we had a lockdown that is still happening. And that has presented how many new business models, how many new ways that we can offer our training. I am so inspired by the stories that I have received and heard directly and listen to these, you know, fitness professionals on how proud they are to have found ways to navigate this incredible historic time of distress and loss and loneliness and isolation. But you know what, Chris, did you see some of the our fitness professionals that we never really heard about before. And now they are rock stars. And those that we felt that would just like make it happen, they kind of sat back. So you know what? 
some of the players have changed because <laughs> of what has happened. <laughs> and this is also where we have seen talent rise um, out of this, you know, crisis. And that's another way that we have found so many new and refreshing voices. So, you know, when I speak to you, it's always like to you and to be on these interviews just reminds me, allows me to reflect on just how much we've been blessed with, despite how much we've been um, bestowed upon in terms of the challenges. But it does make me think, I'm so glad I woke up, you know, five, like I, you know, COVID hit on Monday, March 16th for um, Ontario, at least, and most mm -hmm. of Canada. And I had a bit of a pity party that first week, I'm going to admit, but I got up on that Saturday morning because I was asked to do an interview. And I said on my interview, my video, that, you know what, we have to course correct. And I was so glad that I journaled what it was that I wanted to contribute. At the same time, I was journaling how I was feeling. And it just so happened that the journal that I had pulled out that day which is this journal here that I have still today. And I don't know if you can see the title, live the story you want to tell, you want to tell. And I opened that day one, I kept this journal for a reason. And on that March 21st, I believe it was, or 20th, I wrote it and I write on the cover page. It just poured out of me what I wanted to create as my compass of sorts. And you know, I wrote it all down and I wrote, you know, live the story you want to tell. And I wrote, I'm Mo Hagen, filming from London, Ontario in my home office. Now my fitness room, my executive office, and where I, you know, create, write, and inspire the world. And I wrote it on my seven insights. And then I shut the book without realizing the title. And I went, wow. And looking back, you know, I hope for all your, and I'm sure your followers have done the same. They're gonna look back on this time and be so proud of what they were able to tap into and learn for, about themselves and for themselves because we're gonna need an army to move our industry forward. And we're gonna need everyone you know, to join us and to level up and to be part of the story that we are gonna tell our grandchildren and tell the world and the profession as we speak at events and say, well, you know, let me take you back to COVID and how the industry changed. It's going to be, it's going to be inspiring times when we look back in a few years, the next couple of years are going to be colorful, exciting, but they're also going to be fast moving and we've got to be ready for it. It'll be quite the history lesson when people talk about, you know, the 2020 to 2022-ish time frame and, and what was happening from a fitness perspective. And COVID is quicksand. If, if you're in the fitness industry, it's quicksand. If you fall into quicksand and you do nothing slowly, it's not going to turn out well. If you do something too frantically, it's not going to turn out well. You got to move the right way. You got to find which way you got to go, but you got to move. You can't stop moving. And I think that everything you talked about here and talking to fitness professionals, those who have pivoted, those who have tried to spark something new, those who have tried to live the story they want to tell are going to be coming out on top. And it's nice to know that everything that's happening over at CanFit Pro is there to support those people as well with the CanFit Pro conference, the online virtual courses that are happening and everything else to be coming up in the next 2021 I'm sure you've probably listened to this um, podcast before. One question I do like to ask people, and it's so intriguing because it, it goes with your, your, your journal there, is at the end of your life, and it's going to happen, I'm sorry, but at some point where we all got to stop, you know, as youthful as you are, <laughs> at some point it's going to happen. Someone's going to write a book on you, Mo. They're going to write a book on you. What would you like that last chapter to look like? What would you like uh, someone to be saying about you, you know, in that last chapter of your book? interesting I just wrote this for an interview and so may I read it because it's literally the last line of the interview I wish to be perceived and remembered as a leader who connected with heart and lived boldly with a sense of passion and purpose that inspired millions along her path and influenced a world of motion I want to be remembered for moving the world forward and for influ positively influencing all people wherever they're at in their lives, in their cycle of life, in their profession, whatever that may be, 
to be inspired by their own purpose through my role modeling and to be bold to take the steps to move themselves forward so they can live their true purpose on purpose. We only have one life. It's precious. And oh man, if we haven't learned how quickly our lives can come to an end after what has happened in the last 15 months, we should be cherishing every day more and more. And I know that's my gratitude at the end of the day from my health, my fitness and my influence and my ability to contribute. It's, you know, that's the legacy that I hope, you know, people will think of what they're accomplishing in their careers in the fitness and health related industry. Perhaps think of how I might've influenced some in a small way, whether it's that crack dawn workout that you started with Chris, or whether it's that bold conversation at a Women Who Influence event that made them cry to then make them celebrate and rise up and they might just smile as they think about that experience. The that, world would be, need, that would be great. The world, the world needs more, more people like you. And I'm, I'm interested because at some point in time, there's going to be the next Mo and then the next Mo and then the next Mo. You're going to see this, you yep. know, if, there, if fitness becomes a course in university, could you imagine oh. it's taught a specific course on the history of exercise? You know, it could be 2080 and they're talking about, they're teaching them. Where did it start in Canada, right? And they may say, hey, women who influence, Mo, leadership in the fitness industry, Mo, a real influencer, Mo. So I thank you so much for taking the time today to come on here and talk to, to our people. I'd like to say these are our people in, in the fitness industry. And if you're listening to this and you haven't registered yet for CanFit Pro, um, you got to do it. The dates are, was it again, August uh, 17th? August 13th, lucky Friday, August the 13th, and Saturday, August the 14th. You can go to www.campfitpro2021.org. And if you want to look at women who influence, use the same uh, web address and then put a forward slash women 2021, and you'll get all the information on women who influence as well. Hope to see you there. And thank you. You made me cry, Chris, but I love it because there's tears of joy and Oh my gosh, the future is bright. And I'm so glad to be so glad to be part of the journey. It is. And especially with you. <laughs> yes. And we can't, we can't have a coffee uh, together. So we'll just do it over here instead. Um, but thank again, you. thank you so much for your time, for coming on the show. I'll put all that stuff in the show notes. And everyone, um, if you're on the computer listening to this, go over to that site right now, get your registration in. To be a fitness professional, you have to upskill yourself. And there's no better way to do that than registering for CampFit Pro. Thank you so much for your time today, Mo. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.